in the zone. This is the Yellow Ball Podcast, proudly supported by Cricket Australia. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wherever you're listening to this podcast, right around the world, a very warm welcome to the Yellow Ball Podcast, proudly brought to you this time on a special occasion by Play Straight Cricket. This week I was in downtown Wynnum. Someone came up to me and said, hey, what's the name of the podcast? And I said... The Yellow Ball Podcast, get involved. Yes, sports fans, very, very important podcast episode here. And again, want to mention as well at the top of the show, brought to you by Play Straight Cricket. Of course, all the best players play straight. They are the ones who are bringing this podcast open broadcast as well. Juzzy on the pots and pans, just sitting over to my right. Um, the first uh, ever open broadcast for the podcast. And uh, yeah, we're coming to you from Action Indoor Sports and Wynnum. We are here for the Try 21 series, which is all about uh, raising awareness for those uh, with Down syndrome and raising some much needed funds. I'm not going to talk about it too much because the man, the driving force behind it all, whose words will have much more power than mine, Michael Harrison, will tell us all about it. Michael Harrison, thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Not a problem at all, mate. Tell me all about the Try 21 series. What is it about? Uh, the Try 21 series is uh, an event, uh, I guess you could call it. It started off as a one-off game of indoor cricket back in 2012 and it's turned into an event now that includes indoor cricket, netball and volleyball. And it's all about raising funds and awareness for people who live with Down syndrome. My, my son, Xavier, lives with Down syndrome and this is making up for a promise I made to him when he was born that I would um, I'd always be there for him and, and help him through. And so I've put this together and with the help of the, the crew at Action Indoor Sports Wynnum and we've really just pushed it from strength to strength and we continue to grow it each year and it's a very special occasion. And uh, try 21, the, the number 21, what kind of relevance does that have? So with Down, Down syndrome, you have three of the trisomy 21 chromosome. Um, and so it's, I guess you could say it's a, it's a, it's a play on that, that word. So try the way we work it in here is, is try. There's three sports in there. Um, it's a series of games, so it's a competition, and it's all dedicated to people who live with Down syndrome. And uh, the funds that are contributed for this event, yeah. what does that go towards? It goes towards the funds now, now that we're getting bigger, bigger it goes towards educational programs, um, a lot of development for, for children, How, helping them children develop once they leave school into the workforce, family support. I know from a personal experience that's very helpful. Um, when we first started out, we bought new cricket gear for Down Syndrome Queensland. And so it's to keep, this, to keep the program and to keep the association going so they can provide support for families who live with Down Syndrome. Now, tell me about Xavier. How old is Xavier? Xavier, uh, he is 12. Um, he is, he's a good little boy, but you know what? He's like every little boy. He knows how to push his parents' button. <laughs> And he knows how to push his sister's buttons, but he's a great guy. And um, he's changed your life, pretty fair to say. He has, like every child, he's changed our lives, he's come along. To be honest, the biggest thing he's changed in my life is I see things differently now. Um, I don't think things as seriously. I know, you know pick, pick your battles and pick things that are worth worrying about. Um, and the, the big message I think I've found with Xavier is that you know, there's always someone worse than you. Yeah. And I've noticed that um, when I've picked him up from school and I actually think that we're actually very lucky and there's always someone worse than you. So don't sweat the small stuff and you know, enjoy everything that you have. Pretty wise words. Pretty wise words. And uh, with Xavier and uh, all those with Down syndrome, how important is it that they feel valued and feel that 
they're allowed to be a part of it as well because sometimes they can feel a little bit on the outer. Is that a fair comment? Oh, it is. It is. It's um, it, you see a lot of stuff throughout life, especially when you're in this um this part of part of the society. Um, I think they do want to be involved. It's very important for everyone to be involved, and inclusiveness is is everything. Um, I've heard numerous stories about you know children having to give up the sports they love because mm. it's as it gets older, it gets more competitive, it gets more serious, and one of the challenges that they do struggle to keep up. But you know, it's it's things like uh, the, the educational programs, there's youth groups that that they have with, um, and it's. Things like the Try 21 series, which helps to contribute to the funds to keep those programs going, to make them feel part of the community and make us all feel um, to value them in part of the community. And uh, forgive me for, for being naive, and I know that there'd be a lot of listeners who'd be interested to know the insights as well. For those with Down syndrome, what kind of challenges do they face generally on a day-to-day basis? I think that there's there's a numerous... New- numerous challenges um obviously there's um the the, me- the mental challenges and keeping up um one of the problems xavier has for example in playing games he struggles to understand the rules right um there he struggles with some of his motor skills communication is a big challenge so it's just a case of you know the, the, the people who live with down syndrome are no different to anyone else mm-hmm. sometimes it just takes a little bit you know a bit longer to understand and to get things things happening but um it's they're, they're the big challenges amongst many others. I guess we all have challenges in our life, right? But it's just one of theirs. And when Xavier came along, I would have imagined that uh, yourself and your wonderful wife, Vanessa, would have just become absolute experts in everything there is to know about Down syndrome. You would have had to have learned a lot to have understood um, what was going to be best to set Xavier up for success in his life. Uh, I think a lot of it, like most parenthood, you make it up as you go. Oh, good. We didn't know. And, we, and it's through groups like the Down Syndrome Association that, that helps you um, understand how it is and makes you accept how it is. Before Xavier was born, um, a member of the association came over to our house and just sat and talked with us and, and let us know what was coming up and how it would be. So I don't think anyone ever knows, but you, you make it up as you go and you work and you do the best that you can in the environment you're in. And there are support mechanisms in place for parents um, so they can get a better understanding exactly yeah. what you've said there because, you know, I'd imagine as a parent, you know, any child is just such a beautiful blessing. There's no mm. doubt about it. And all of a sudden your whole life just turns into this little human that is now your full responsibility and you yeah. just think, oh, my gosh, and it doesn't matter what it is with that child that's all it is it is a beautiful little human being and you've got to love it and it's good to see that there's some lovely support mechanisms in place um when there definitely is and that that was one of the the big things we we reached out and the down syndrome association of queensland were there for us that's one of the um the the big things that they do do that 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 family support that ongoing support as i said there's youth groups as well um xavier went to actually a youth program recently with a number of other children who live with Down syndrome and they just spend the day playing games in the park and right. they have a movie night coming up and also a, um, a swimming day. So it's just so they can build a network within themselves, within within their group. And there are support work networks out there and the funds that we raise go towards providing those support networks. So why raise funds for Down Syndrome Queensland? There's probably a few others that you could have given the money to. Why specifically Down Syndrome Queensland? Uh, look, I, I think there's a bit of a personal involvement with myself. Um, I think that the big thing that 
uh, as I said at the very beginning, uh, when the day Xavier was born, I made a promise to him. I promised him that I'd always be there and I'd always see him through. And what we're doing now is building that foundation for it. So when he finishes school, he can go through a transitional program into the workforce and he has those support networks around him. So Does Xavier comprehend and understand what you're doing? Uh, I don't think... I don't think he, he does. Um, he, he knows that I go and play cricket. And, <laughs> well, that's and, just and, a big dream, mate. We all want, even podcast producer Jazzy, he's a mad cricketer, this yeah. guy. So, yeah. He, he came along to a few of them um, when he was younger. One of the challenges we had when he was younger, he would come and would have a photo in the middle of the, um, the, the court. And the, the, he used to get a bit overstimulated by all of that. Um, so, in the end, we, we found, had a bit of trouble bringing him to that because he got a little bit too much for him. Yeah. I don't think he, he realised at the moment, but my goal is that one day he'll be here with me and we'll, um, we'll be able to stand out in the middle court and um, whether we present the cheque at the end of it or we do something together, that, that's my goal. One day we'll be here together. And tell me uh, about him as well. What does he want to be? Does he want to be Batman, Spider-Man, a doctor, a truck driver? What's uh. his real kind of passions that he just loves uh, well he loves spider-man oh he, he doesn't? absolutely yeah. loves spider-man and <laughs> look, look uh, I, I think ultimately he'd like to be one of the guys on dude perfect oh yeah the he, guys get all the trick shots yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. only that's what i do because he does his trick shots all the time and he? and he loves watching it well he sounds like a, a real character that's for sure oh he's a good guy he's a, he's a great little guy and um as i said he knows how to test his parents buttons and you know he's, he's got a sister laurel who you know She's very patient. She's very tolerant, and she's um, yeah, she's a good girl as well. So she, she full credit to her. She she puts up with a lot. And it, the the money that you are raising, it's obviously going to a very noble cause. How long ago did the Try Twenty One series start? This started in two thousand and twelve. And when you started in two thousand and twelve, you had a goal. You thought, you if I get four hundred bucks, that'd be great. Yeah. You ended up getting how much? We got 1200 in that first year, and, and I thought I'd won lotto. You I thought really you'd struck a gold, didn't you, baby? I did, yeah. I did. It was amazing, because I'd only been at the centre for a year or so. Yeah. I was playing in the lower grades. and um, you, you understand you've got to be in an indoor cricket centre for at least 20 years before you're considered a like. Well, that's the way that that's, worked. That's you know exactly I mean? right. No one knew who I was. I didn't know who anyone was, and the names didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. And... Um, I remember you know, the, the first year I was here, I played in this makeup team and there was this guy called Rob Fitzgerald playing. And yeah. I thought, geez, he looks all right. Yeah. So I didn't have a clue who he was. <laughs> Let <laughs> alone he's absolutely <laughs> no cricket royalty. That, that's right. And so I've learned that over the years. But that first year I was playing in an in a in-house team and um, a gentleman by the name of Troy Eccles, or more commonly known as Geezer, he was the captain of the team. And one night I sent him a text and said, what do you think of this for an idea? And if he had said, nah, I don't think it would get off the ground, the whole thing would have stopped at that. But he said, no, nah, let's do it. And that first year, he did all the recruiting. He found the players, and he got it up and running. And from there, it just made us realise that man, man, there is an opportunity here. There's something for us to do. That first night, we had a presentation, and Cole Robinson was the, um, the centre owner at the time, and he came up to me and he said, I think we should do this every year. And from that, it's been born, and we've, we've taken off, and we've done nothing but, nothing but grow. And that was your goal for... Try 21 series number one was $400. Yep. Fast forward to 2019. What's the goal this year? Uh, look, we're going for going for 30k. That, that's our, that's our goal. That'll and that will take us up to over 100k since we started the project. Do you understand how ridiculously unbelievable that achievement is? From starting off with how many players did you have in the first 16. Try? 16, 16 people. 16 people. You had a goal for 400 bucks. 
We're mm. in 2019, and we're talking about a cumulative total of $100,000 that because of you and your efforts, of course, along with the yeah. team, but the main driver is you, $100,000 to Down Syndrome Queensland. Do you know how absolutely bonkers that sounds? It's amazing. It, it's a big number, and sometimes I stop and overthink about it, and it's interesting because the, the goal I have, and I don't know where it finishes. We, we just keep going, and we keep... and. You know, I've said it to yourself in, in an email the other day, if you don't evolve, you die. And every year we have to keep finding, keep beating that target. And that's my goal is to get that little bit further each year. And um, I don't think it really sinks in. I just know that we're on a mission. We've got a project and we just have to keep going. And I don't know where it finishes. I don't know what the end goal is, but we have to keep going. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You're not just creating an event. You're not just creating a series. You are making a movement. You are absolutely changing lives by what you're doing. And it is going to get bigger and it's going to get stronger. And more and more people are going to become more aware of what's going on. And they're going to buy into your vision and what you're doing, mate. And I reckon we're going to be sitting here in five years' time. We're not going to be talking about $100,000. We're going to be talking about a million dollars. And then a little bit after that, we're going to be talking about $2 million. I've got full faith in what you were doing. And I'm 100% on board. And the Yellow Ball podcast and the wider indoor cricketing community will forever be there to assist you in any endeavour that you have. I appreciate that. And it's without you know, mediums like this, um, without the people around us, we wouldn't get to where we are. We wouldn't grow it. And, and you can feel the momentum building with it. Yeah. Every year you can feel it. It seems a little bit easier. We've got um, you know, some, several Australian players are now joining up with us, and they want to be here. They're, they're here because, not because they feel like they should be here. They're here because they want to be 100% here. 100% agree. And yep. it's, we're going places that – and it just feels – it feels easier, and maybe I'm more confident with that, with what we're doing as well. But it does feel easier, and I feel that we are moving mountains. And as I said, where it ends, I don't know. But we keep pushing on, and there's so much more to do. And talking about momentum, I know that personally for you, when you actually sit back and have a breath and take it all in, one of your proudest moments during the days is at the kind of the half-time break or the intermission where everyone gets out on court in the middle court there and all the participants come together for a photo and each year you see that progressively build. That's your real kind of light bulb moment. That, that, that is the moment and, and that started off. We had one of the first, on the very first night we had a, a photo and the 16 of us there and I wanted to do that. The next year we came back and there were four teams. Wow, 24 people. This is amazing. <laughs> and then... A couple of years later, I think we started into netball. And again, I stood out there and I just stand, I usually stand where, where everyone walks in and just watch everyone walk in and everyone's got a smile on their face and sit there. And I thought, this is, this is fantastic. And then last year, we actually got to the number that we could branch it into two days. So we do the netball on the Sunday. And it's just, it just means so much to me. And to see everyone out there, everyone's got a smile on their face. Everyone's having a great day. Everyone's playing in the right spirit. And we're all working for a common cause. It's, it's really special. And, and that's the highlight of the day, watching that. And is there anyone that you'd really like to thank? Um, you know, whether it's uh, a particular sponsor, of course, Play Straight Cricket, a, a, a wonderful supporters, uh, not only of the event and of this specific podcast for us to be able to get this message out. But is there anyone you'd like to thank or say thank you or big supporters of the Tri-21 series? Uh, there, there are so many. The, the person I probably should thank is... Um, my wife, Vanessa, she, she listens to me. She sits there very patiently as this gets all-consuming. Yeah. Um, but, but I think one, one of our turning moments, the turning point for us, uh, I thought was in October 2016, where we, um, we used to be called the Down Syndrome Queensland 
fundraiser or charity fundraiser. It's a big, long name. And then we started to branch into other sports. And, and I thought, you know, we need an identity. We need something. Yeah. And I remember driving to work one day thinking, how are we going to do this? What are we going to... And, and I came up with um, the name, Try 21 Series, which I could break down. I rang my wife and said, what do you think of this? Do you think this will work? And she said, yeah, yeah, give it a go. And then I sat there and I probably should have been working, but I had an envelope. <laughs> Hold on, the boss isn't <laughs> listening, is he? I had, had an envelope and I had a 20 cent piece and I, and I found a highlighter. And, and then through, a few, through phone calls later that day, I came across a lady by the name of Catherine Steinart. And she, she listened to me on the phone, talk about what I was doing. And then a couple of days later, a logo appeared in my inbox from her. Um, she'd put my picture on the, literally on the back of an envelope, which I sent through to her. She put it into, into digital format. Um, and she's been an amazing supporter to us. And it was that day, to me, that was the turning point. That's when we had an identity. That's where we had in the brand. And that's where we moved from being a couple of local guys just getting together to actually something that could move mountains. And that, that was a real turning point for us. And just to maybe a message to those who have Down syndrome and are thinking about coming along or they're not too sure about coming along, what message would you say to them? Can't uh, come along. It's a fun day. There, there was, we've got a couple of teams actually from the Down Syndrome Association coming oh, on and are participating with us. Um, and, and just come along and say hello. That's so it. It, it, it's worth doing. You'll see everyone, we're all working for a common goal common cause we're all having a great day and everyone's got a smile on their face so i'd say just come along and say hello that's it and you don't even if you want to have a hit and a bowl and all that kind of stuff and the volleyball and that well that's cool too but even just coming down and chewing the fat you know what i mean i mean i i'm a professional big mouth talker for a living this is my full-time job is talking absolute garbage if you want anyone to talk to you come sit next to me you'll you'll regret it instantly i assure you with that but come over and it is a very very warm friendly environment it's going to be on december the 7th and 8th that's right so we've got cricket and volleyball is on the 7th and netball is a full day on the 8th got record numbers of participation this year record teams so literally just talking about to rob today about expanding cricket to try and fit six more teams in so that's our mission for the next two weeks to get that rolling so it's just grown so that will take us to over 400 participants so we go back 16 to 400 it's Amazing. And if people want to get involved to get a team in, is there still time? Uh, there, there is. You've got to be quick, though. You've got to be very quick. It, netball's full. Volleyball, we've got a couple of spots still available. Cricket, we're opening up some spots here. So send us, flick me an email or send me a Facebook message. Where and, is that email? Okay. It's try21series at outlook.com. It looks up on Facebook or on Instagram. Flick me a message, and I'll be sure to get in touch with you. Mate, that sounds uh, pretty good to me. So, look... I guess, as I said, from a podcast perspective, we're absolutely thrilled um, that we're going to be involved in it and be able to deliver the message uh, for all the listeners at home after episode number one of the podcast. Episode number one, I reckon it would have been about... First podcast episode went for about 47 minutes, Uh, so I reckon it would have been about 49 minutes after the podcast episode launched. I had an email from uh, Mr. Michael Harrison saying, hey, mate, love what you're doing. Uh, we'd love for the podcast to get involved uh, in what we've got going on. And that's just, a, I think, a real testament uh, to your ongoing commitment and your just thirst and appetite for wanting to give something back. Uh, I, I am really quite amazed by what you do. Uh, you're a very humble bloke. You're a very quietly spoken man. Um, but, mate, just from me to you, um, congratulations, honestly. You should be so proud of your yeah. efforts, and it is a real thrill. And 
Um, you'll be live streaming some of the cricket, I understand. We, we live streamed the finals. We got the um, the A grade commentary team. Uh, so I can be by anchor, anchoring by can, can anchor I come by in Gary. Well? Hold on a second. I mean, so, I'll come and sit next yeah. to the A grade commentary yeah. team. So <laughs> look, I'll be I'll be here on the day uh, as well, and, and just to be invited to come mm. down. Um, I'll be bringing my wife and, and my son down uh, yeah. as well, and as many friends uh, that I can yeah. fit in my car. I'll strap them to the roof if yeah, I have to. Nice. And um, mate, it's going to be a wonderful day. And, uh, to Vanessa, your wife, and Laurel, uh, mm. your daughter, and, and little Xavier, um, you know, just congratulations on what you've achieved. Thank you. I think you know it, we, we can't go without you know once again acknowledging the centre, the people who are here have helped me, you know, the Wyndham Seagulls, you know, great great club there. And if anything, the message this also shows is that it's not all about winning and losing. You know, at the end of the day, if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. Most of us still have to go to work the next day anyway. But yeah. this is an opportunity, and everyone has embraced this, that they, there's, there's more to being involved here and playing for this club than just playing cricket, netball or volleyball. It's giving back and, and doing our bit for the community. So you know, I'm only a small part in a big team, and it's, it's a really special to be involved. And the fact that everyone's come on board, the fact that you've come on board, it is, is amazing. And as I said, we can move mountains. There's still so much more to do. There is, and uh, we look forward to your company down here at Action Indoor Sportsman Wynnum on the 7th and 8th of December. Get yourselves down here. You wouldn't want to miss it for all the tea in China. Uh, Michael Harrison, thanks very much for stopping by the Thank podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. The Yellow Ball Podcast, proudly supported by Cricket Australia. Special thanks to our sponsors, Fleet Crew, very big supporters of the Tri-21 Series giving you the latest model Toyotas, four-wheel drives, utes and sedans for short and long-term hire. They are allowed off-road, which is going to make for some exciting times, I assure you. Unlimited kilometres, and the vehicles come with additions such as tow bars, roof racks and recovery kits. And here's a pretty cool idea, ladies and gentlemen. If you mention the podcast, all you need to do is say, hey, I heard this on the Yellow Ball podcast, you will get a free recovery kit hire for recreational use. So mention the Yellow Ball podcast and you will get a free recovery kit hire for recreational use. That's pretty cool. So they've got branches in Brisbane, uh, Mackay, Mount Isa, and they service all areas of Queensland as well as some interstate. So um, certainly get involved in that. A big thank you very much to Fleet Crew. Proudly supported by Cricket Australia, this is the Yellow Ball Podcast. Well, we move into the second part of the podcast and Michael Harrison still joining us. And thanks very much for sticking around. I do appreciate it. My pleasure. That's the way. Now, one of the real major supporters of the Tri-21 series is Action Indoor Sports at Wynnum. Can you provide a little bit of insight about some of the support they've provided you and to the initiative that you're behind? Oh, they're amazing. Ever since that I've got on board with this and this has been, I see cricket and all the sports here as the main driver for what I'm trying to do. And, um, Brenton Bryan has been a great supporter of it. Rob Fitzgerald, everyone actually at the centre has really got behind it. And um, and what they've contributed, it wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for them. So they've been a tremendous help in what they offer and what they do every year is outstanding. Well, we've got a surprise guest for you. Come on in, Brenton Bryan. No, he's sitting right next to Michael the whole entire time. Brenton Bryan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And, um, mate, some pretty lovely words spoken there by Michael. It must make you feel intrinsically quite satisfied to be a part of such an outstanding and noble endeavour. Yeah, absolutely. It was something that Michael approached us about many years ago now. Um, it started off as a, as a very small uh, thing because it was brand new and we just managed to build on it year on year. And as, a, as an indoor sports centre and a, and a place of business, 
it feels great to be able to contribute back to not only the community but people that are that are having to live with Down syndrome and, and doing our little bit to be able to to give back. You know, we, we're often you know viewed as a, a place that people come and, and have exercise and, and do all those sorts of things and create community and all that sort of stuff. To be involved with community, it's it's not a it's not a burden on us by any means, and we're actually very proud that we're one of the only centres, if not maybe the only centre in the country that does this type of thing. So it's something that I'm extremely proud of, and something that we have enjoyed supporting up to this point, and something that we're going to continue to support and help uh, Michael grow um, for as long as as long as we can. Now I've asked you to come along here as well because I've had a good chat with Michael earlier on, and he's a very humble gentleman, and there's no way he's going to toot his own horn. So. Tell me a little bit about the man to your left, Michael Harrison. He's done a lot. He's got a big heart and he's a pretty special character, isn't he? He is, mate. And I mean, these are the sorts of people in each of these clubs as an owner and, and as, a, as a player and a participant in, in the place that people like Mick uh, are the people that you want at your club. You know, he turns up every week and plays in A grade and tries his best and often pulls me aside and asks me what he can do to improve his game and what, what, what do we do at the elite level and now, stuff Michael, like that. Now, Michael, have you taken any of that on board? <laughs> it's actually working. That's my question to you. Uh, look, look the, the, Don't the be politically is, correct now, mate. Now's the not mind, the time. Mind is very willing. The body's not very able. That's probably <laughs> the biggest thing about it. <laughs> and I hope we give him is that we all still play at Masters level, so he still sees it. Yeah, you know, that's there's right. There's some old guys running around doing okay. But no, Mick's one of those people, you know, he, he's... He's got a child with Down syndrome and that's driven him to get involved in this initiative to the, at the start. And, you know, for us to be able to support him and support um, this great initiative and be able to con contribute in our way is, is super special. And it doesn't happen without Mick. You know, he, he'll give accolades to everybody else. But the work he puts in himself, you know, he drags us in. He's constantly grabbing us and trying to get us in meetings. And, you know, we start talking in, you know, pretty much as soon as this year's is over in December. He lets us have Christmas off. And then in January, he's straight back on the on the blower and we're meeting and we're starting to plan next year. So he's always thinking about different ways. Can we include other clubs? Can we go in different areas, different directions to try and raise more money? And he's always, you know, he's got some willing supporters around the club, which is fantastic. And, and they've bought into, into it because of the sort of person Michael is. So great man to have at the club and, and obviously great for Down Syndrome being able to, um, you know, help us raise funds for them. So, yeah, I'm very proud of him. He's, he's, a, he's a special character and we love having him at the club. Thanks, well, mate. that's uh, pretty good. It sounds like yeah. the opening to a prime ministerial uh, election <laughs> campaign, that one. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by it. But um, look, what the both of you are doing is, is quite amazing. And, you know, Michael uh, has spoken to me off air about it, that it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and more people start getting involved. And I want to ask you, Brenton, the team here at Action Indoor Sports Winham. How do they feel about it? It's obviously not just another day to them. It can't be, surely. Yeah, it's, it's not. And I mean, we would typically run our inflatable world business on a weekend. So we, we give up business effectively and we call it out early and we let our customers know that we're closed for that weekend. So there's a bunch of staff that don't work on that weekend. And it hasn't been big enough really for them to do that. But because we've grown it, the sports staff are involved now because Mix helped us expand it into other sports. So we started off with cricket and now we're into the netball, we're into the volleyball. So our staff that run those programs, um, you know, led by our, our centre and facility manager, Rob Fitzgerald, he gets all those guys involved. Rob's one of the key um, guys that works with Mick year in, year out to, to try and make the event successful. So all of the staff are engaged. They're all involved. They all love being part of it and they can just see, um, you know, when we get 
to present the check every year. We have a, a, an old boys night and we get Down Syndrome to come in and we get all, you know, there's, we're usually playing another club and I get the honour of handing over a massive big check at the end of it and all these guys, Mick and all my team, are the ones that do all the hard work and I just, I'm the one that, that holds the big check up at the end and shakes a hand and has a picture. So, mate, the, the staff are phenomenal and I'm, I'm sure Mick has already spoken about it and will continue to speak about it because it's a team effort. You know, Mick's got all the good ideas and gets into different areas and it's up to all these other people that help him to make it a success. And I'm glad you mentioned a man called Rob Fitzgerald. He's going to be coming along in about four minutes' time. I've been reliably involved to put the cans on the bonce and the mic in the mouth and I know that he's a real integral part uh, of this initiative as well. Yeah. And he's a, a bloke not only in the Tri-21 series, but in indoor cricket and all these other endeavours that he does. He gives so much out. Talking about big hearts, that guy. He's a skinny bloke. I don't know how the heart inside him fits in there, um, but it does, and I look forward to having a chat with him uh, very, very shortly. Um, you know, just finally, in terms of Action Indoor Sports Winnemann and, and the support that they provide to the Tri-21 series, how much longer and how many more years will you be involved with Michael and the Tri-21 series, do you think? Until, until we're not here anymore. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, we want to, you know, we're, we're very proud of it. I think Mick yeah. um, told me the other day that I think the, the the aggregated total of money that we've raised for this is over $100,000. I mean, for a, a little club on the Bayside in, in Brisbane, a little three-court centre, for us to be able to, to get enough people involved at that time of year when most people are taking a break from their sport just before Christmas to get those people to come here for a day and have a, a bit of fun with their workmates and that sort of stuff with the sole purpose of raising money for Down Syndrome, I mean, why wouldn't we want to be involved with it? You know, and it gives me great pride every year when I hold, you know, I make a joke about holding up the check and shaking hands and that sort of stuff, but I know that we're one of the only places around in, in the indoor sports fraternity that does this sort of thing. And for mine, it's something that I'm extremely proud of. And, you know, there's no plans to, to give it up. And in fact, you know, as I say, Mick will no doubt get us in January next year and we'll be sitting down working out how we can make next year bigger and better. So we want to be part of that and for, you know, for as long as we can. It must make you, Michael, pretty happy to hear that Brenton Bryan's prepared and, and more than willing to, to not only stick along with the course yeah. but actually really speak to the advocacy of the cause. Oh, 100%. And I wouldn't be able to do what I do if it wasn't for these guys. And it means a lot to me. That Where does it end? Oh, who knows? Who knows? Where we're at... I'd like to think that we're still just scratching the surface of what yeah. we can do um, and how far we can go. And, you know, Brendan can wait till January. I'm already planning for 2020. I've got some good ideas today. And even, even today, Rob was on, in touch with me about how we're going to expand this year. So we've still got more things to do this year. So it goes from strength to strength. And I can't describe how special it is that you guys are behind me and everyone supported me with this. And from where it was to where it is and to where it's going to go is just amazing. Well, on that note, uh, I know that Rob Fitzgerald's just around the corner, so we'll take a quick break and we'll back with Robert Fitzgerald. Are you interested in playing indoor cricket? Visit playcricket.com.au to find your nearest centre. Yes, welcome back. And we're coming to you from Action Indoor Sports in Wynnum, a open broadcast, which is brand new for um, the Yellow Ball podcast. Uh, Juzzy on the Pots and Pans has done a wonderful job. So this is the first open broadcast that we've done and we're looking forward to many, many more. Joining us, so I won't say in the commentary box or in the studio because we're in neither of them, is uh, Robert Fitzgerald. Rob, welcome. Thank you, Lowy. Beautiful, mate. That's the way. And uh, we've still got Brenton Bryan in company as well. Gents, while we're obviously putting all our focus on the Tri-21 series and raising awareness and funds for Down Syndrome Queensland, I want to talk to you about indoor cricket because I know that there is an insatiable appetite for indoor cricket even when uh, the regular National Indoor Cricket League and the Indoor Cricket National Championships aren't being run. 
Brenton Bryan might talk a, a little bit with you first. Talk to me about the Trans-Tasman over in uh, New Zealand in Palmerston from memory. Yeah, it was Palmerston North. So, yeah, we started off with a little bit of uh, adversity. We, we went to catch our plane and there was a couple of delays because of wind, I think it was. And we ended up in Sydney for the day in a hotel room and we ended up getting there at midnight and getting to our hotel at about three in the morning. Is it also true that one gentleman bought his girlfriend's passport to the airport that wasn't his? That could be true, I don't know. Uh, Rob, correct. Uh, yeah, correct. Yes. Okay, one of the boys. And then I think he had to um, get an Uber or something, so we Ubered the, the, Ubered passport, the passport to the, to the airport. airport. Oh, yeah. right. so he's in the airport, the passport is goodness knows where, yep. and the Uber driver's gone back home to fetch his passport and Uber driver just drove it to the airport. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was okay. a good start, but we managed to get there <laughs> eventually. These things happen on, on these types of tours, but yeah, rocking into Palmerston North, I think we got to um, Auckland at about, I don't know, or was it Wellington? We flew Wellington. Into Wellington, yep. sorry. We flew into and we got there about midnight and then it was another two-hour drive once we got the cars. So we sort of rocked in at about three in the morning and I think we had training for about 10 o'clock the next morning. So the boys were a little bit weary. Had a couple of days worth of training, and then we got stuck into the into the five match series against the the Kiwis at home, and it was uh, it was tough. You know, I'm sure a lot of people tuned in and and had a look as as they should have. It was it was probably you know arguably the two best teams in the world going head to head, and mm. it was in the Kiwis' backyard, and and they they didn't disappoint. They were good. We we knew that they were going to be tough, and they certainly proved that. Now, Robert Fitzgerald, I won't ask you to go back into your brain and tell me when you first started representing Australia, but ballpark you've played. How many how many tests or oh, how many caps for Australia? I don't really know. I know you don't. I the best players never keep I've said no. this to Skip before as well. The best players in this sport do not keep count. That's just the nature of the people that do well around here. But please, continue. Ballpark figure, 65 to 70. I remember one time I was standing next to you. Uh, oh, this would have been about 10 years ago. We were at Ipswich Indoor Sports. And I turned around to you and you got picked for the Queensland side. And I said, oh... Hey, Fitzy, when was the last time you didn't get picked for Queensland? You looked at me and you gave me a wink. You said, Lowy, I've never not been picked, mate. I've never not been picked. Oh, no, no, <laughs> that's no worries, true, fella. Too. <laughs> I can stop that, though, Lowy. So, so uh, okay. yeah, mate, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, you've got to look after him at the top. So, mate, you've been around a 1,000 tours, but the man to your right, Brenton Bryan, obviously, I won't say new to the coaching role of the Australian men's side because there's been an, uh, it's been about a year and a little bit now, two years, uh, since he's taken over. How is he as a coach and how was your preparation going over to the Trans-Tasman and how did you find it over there? Yeah, well, um, you know, Brenton's been, you know, a, a real big advocate for, you know, getting the best out of each and every player. Um, you know, not so much, you know, with, you know, him being aggressive. Like he's got a different approach to, you know, a lot of other coaches. So he's, he's very relaxed in what he does, mm -hmm. gets a message across, speaks very, very well. Um, and he really thinks about how the game's played. And we try and do a few different things to replicate what actually could happen on the cricket court. Um, and we put that into play. Um, and then hopefully when, you know, it comes time to, you know, put all that into play in a game, it all comes off. Um, he's, he's just been, you know, fantastic. I think we were talking last night about how long he's actually been coaching the Queensland men's side for. It's been about seven or eight years. And in that time, you know, he's just got the team together, he's gelled the uh, Queensland team. And this year we had seven new um, players in the side. And a lot of people wrote us off um, and, you know, we just gelled together um, and, and played some excep exceptional cricket. And it comes back to the training philosophies that, that Brenton does. It's a little bit different to that of, say, you know, Ross Gregory or, you know, Cole Robinson, for instance. Um, you know, they're setting their ways. 
Um, you know, they, they, they like to do a lot of old school stuff. And yes, that works today still, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, being, you know, mentally tough and all that kind of stuff because you've got to really, you know, be mentally tough to play the game at the highest level. Um, but Brenton brings a different sort of skill set um, to his coaching, which is, you know, second to none. And with the greatest respect to those two names that you've just mentioned previously, do you think that Brenton has the ability to kind of get on the same level as some of the younger guys coming through, you Josh Drivers of the world, for example, and to be able to build relationships? Because I know for Brenton Bryan, culture uh, in amongst his group is really, really important. Do you think that kind of assists in some way? Yeah, you know, like, you know, Josh is one of a kind, all right? So he, <laughs> he's, he's really out there. He just, you know, he, he, he is one of a kind, um, but um, with, with the younger guys coming through, I think Brenton's got that, you know, rapport with the younger guys a lot more than, than that of, of probably a Ross and a yeah. Cole. Um, you know, so that really helps, you know, the younger guys coming up through. And, and, and we know, you know, those younger guys know where, you know, Brenton stands and there's a line and we just don't cross it. Yeah. yeah and I think, you know, just to add to that, Cole... You know, and I had a lot of conversations over the years, and I know when I took over from him at Queensland level eight or eight or so years ago, um, he was at the point where he just didn't get the whole young guy thing, and you know the, the, the Insta book and the yeah, face yeah, tweet and all that it. kind of you gear, know, mate. Yeah. It, it was a generational shift, and I know towards the end there, he was he was ready to to hand it over because it was just a totally different generation to what he'd been used yeah. to, and you know. Guys like Ross and Cole have had an extreme amount of success. And, you know, I've modelled a lot of my coaching on what I've been taught by guys like that. You know, you, as a coach, you walk, you go and you look at things that you like and things that you dislike and you try and wrap that up into your own package and deliver that in a way that makes sense to you and hopefully the players buy into it. So, you know, we talk about this all the time when we put plans in place and you put strategies in place for winning these things. And the bottom line is I can have all the plans in the world and all the greatest ideas, but if I don't have the cattle that are willing to jump on board and, and follow that and execute well, then it doesn't really mean a lot. So, you know, it's a real credit to the players. I can come up with, with a million plans, but I'm lucky to be blessed with the best players in the world, I believe. And, you know, they, they prove that year in, year out. Hopefully they prove that again next year. Yes. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, I've got to go with what I think's right. And, you know, if they jump on board and it proves to be right, um, you feel like you've done a good job. Well, the eyes of the world certainly will be upon you in uh, 2020. There's no doubt about it, as will the wider indoor cricketing community. Uh, for those of you who may not know, the Open Trans Tasman ended like this. The men's won 3-2 uh, against New Zealand. Women's won 4-1. The 21 boys, 3-2. And the 21 girls, 1-4-1. The men's, though, could have been very, very different. There was a game. Was it the fourth game, I think, gentlemen? Uh, and you'll know because you were there where um, they were ahead by an awful great deal. And I think you ended up winning by one run or two runs in the yep. end. Um, can you kind of, for those who may not be aware, provide a bit of commentary about how that actually came about? What was the scenario that transpired? Oh, geez, you know, I was in the game and I was just, you know, we saw that they were in front by a couple. I think um, um, Jared Armitage, I think, bowled the last over, you know, rookie for the first time, playing for his country, had the massive responsibility of, of trying to, you know, win the, you know, game for us in the series, you know, and, um, you know, credit where credit's due, you know, he, he bowled an absolute ripper of an over, put the ball exactly where we needed to have the ball bowled, and, you know, the rest just took care of itself, you know, with all the training that we do for our state level, you know, it just comes into play, and mm. because we've played in so many big games before, it just becomes second nature to us, um, but, you know, I honestly think that, you know, that there's probably one of the greatest wins I've been involved in. Wow, big call. Because um, teams like, or countries like New Zealand are always doing the research. They're always trying to, 
you know, knockers off our perch. And the gap's getting so much closer at the moment. We've got to be one step ahead all the time. So we've got to do things differently each and every time we play the game to make sure that they're not getting used to what we throw at them. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Brent O'Brien and I spoke about it off air. The world is getting smaller. It is getting smaller, and they are coming for you. And when you're at the top of the pyramid, all people want to do is knock you down, you know. And um, I know that New Zealand in particular and South Africa, um, you know, they're getting stronger and stronger. And, you know, I think it's really good as well. You might be able to provide a bit of comment, both of you, on this. When at our Indoor Cricket National Championships, we have international teams that come along and visit because then they get to see a little bit about what we're doing and the systems we have in place and how we go about things. And then they can take that home back to their Singapore's and their Sri Lankas and wherever they've come from uh, and put that into their programs. So yeah. I think there's a bit of strength and, and um, I think we can speak to the advocacy of that a little bit more often. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we saw it at the Masters World Series just recently in South Africa as well. And we had teams like Singapore, the 35s, you know, they won three three test matches. And, yeah. you know, you want to see excitement. You want to see Singapore win a test match. It is brilliant. The whole, the whole centre stops. They're cheering. They're hugging each other. They're like they've just won the World Cup. It means that much to them. And, you yeah. know, I was talking to one of their guys that, that plays here, Rajiv, last night, and he was saying even to them, just to win a skin, they're, they're ecstatic with. But to win three games, it was just brilliant. And I was just lucky enough at the end of one of our games to see them win a game against England. And it's just massive, you know, and it's great for the sport to see. And, you know, you talk about the world getting smaller. We've got teams like Singapore now coming in. And, you know, a few years ago at these events, they weren't winning many games. You know, yeah. They weren't winning many skins. Now Correct. they're winning games. Yep. You know, we've got teams from UAE. We've got teams from India, Sri Lanka that are all very, very competitive, you know. So... For mine, I love it. I love seeing that because, you know, we're doing something right. If they're looking at what we're doing, they're looking at what New Zealand's doing, they're looking at what South Africa are doing, and they're trying to model their games on that, all the better for the sport. And, of course, Rob Fitzgerald, baby-faced Rob Fitzgerald, was the face of the Masters World Series on all the marketing material. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about that, mate? That's all right, isn't it? Stitch up. Yeah. Is that just saying somehow I should be playing Masters? Oh, mate. You know, you're in good nick, mate. I don't know what the go is with that. You're in, you're in, you're in the prime of your life. But um, over there, um, the over 50s men won. The over 45s won. The over 40s won. Uh, the 35s men went to New Zealand. Uh, yep. Australia didn't come home in that one. And uh, in the 30s, women went to uh, South Africa. So uh, at a Masters level, um, Australia getting toppled a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's always been tough at that level, especially when you're playing overseas. Um, I think the last World Series in England, I think the ladies um, were won by South Africa and all the four Australian sides won. Um, the, the one before that in South Africa, I think the 30s and 35s both lost to South Africa. No, New Zealand won 30s, South Africa won 35s, and Australia won the other two divisions or the other three divisions. So, you know, we don't have it all our own way, definitely at Masters level, and that proved again this year. But, yeah, it was... a uh, it was a great place to play, very different, different conditions, different courts, different nets, different carpet, yeah. um, longer to run, very springy nets. So, yeah, everyone had to adjust. And I think if anyone tuned in, the, the reflection in the store, in the scores showed that, you know, there were some very low-scoring games. And, you know, I guess it was great for the bowling and fielding, but, uh, yeah, it didn't make you feel very good as a batsman, <laughs> that's for sure. And one last indoor cricket-related specific question um, before I want to talk about the Try 21 series and Rob Fitzgerald, the role that you play in it. Tell me about the preparation for the 2020 World Cup that's coming up next year. Cricket Australia yet haven't released where that's going to be. I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. But it's going to be somewhere. That's what we do know. And it's very, very big for cricket in Australia. Of course, we've got the men's and women's T20 World Cups that will be taking place and the Indoor Cricket World Cup. So it is a real smorgasbord of cricket. How do you feel from a player's perspective 
the Australian. I'll, I'll just ask specifically for the Australian Open men's side because that's the team that you're in. How do you feel that preparation is coming along and how confident are you that you and the team can win the World Cup next year? I'll always say that I'm always confident going into a World Cup, you know, because if you're not confident, then, you know, things just don't go your way and then you don't play the cricket that you want to play. So I'll always go into a championship, whether that's nationals, um, zones, international games, with the utmost um, confidence that I can have, um, you know. So the, the preparation at the moment, I'm going to start to wind down a little bit. I'll still be playing my midweek cricket, um, having a you know, a bit of fun with my mates. What's your team name, Midweek Cricket, mate? Is there anything that we can say on a, on a podcast that's PG or what is well, it? Well, it is. So at the moment, right, and I am breaking away from the team, but yeah. at the moment it's called Nice Buns. Nice Buns? Buns, yeah. Oh, nice beautiful, Buns, mate. Mate. Yeah. Do you fit in their salary cap? I know there's a few beers and lemonades and stuff that go into getting you into some of these in-house oh, I sides. just fit into it. You just get in there. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Rob Fitzgerald playing for Nice Buns. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, <laughs> so, so I'm going to just start to wind down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and have a good break over Christmas. And then my preparation normally starts, you know, mid to, to late January, um, where I start to kick off by training twice a week. And, and I'll continue to do that, continue to fine-tune my game. I'm always looking to do something a little bit different all the time. Um, you know, from a mental perspective, um, as well as a, um, you know, skill set, you know, I'm always trying to do something a little bit different. And, mate, I want to talk to you now, and Brenton, if you wouldn't mind hanging around, because I want you sure. to, again... To talk about this guy because yep. just like Michael, uh, he doesn't want to talk about himself either. He doesn't want to inflate his own ego, so we need someone around here to do it. Mate, your involvement in the Tri-21 series, tell me about it. What is it that you do? So um, I basically came on board about five, maybe six years ago, um, you know, just after, um, you know, there was only a couple of, you know, cricket teams and, and whatnot. So I pretty much was the, the go-to person to try and drive the cricket and try and get the numbers um, you know, um, signed up for the day. So we basically, I think we could have had only six teams when I first took over, then we grew it to, to maybe eight the next year and then 10 the year after. And, and now we're at a position where we've got 12 teams signed up now with the possibility of possibly looking at getting another couple signed up in the next week, you know, which is just really growing. Um, so, so that was my involvement there. But it's, it, it's all started back many years ago. I used to actually play... Um, a junior cricket, and there was a, a fellow there um, by the name of like, um, Peter Watts um, back in Rockhampton, and I was playing under 16s, and he was, you know, 20, and, and that was my first exposure to someone living with Down syndrome, and I think I've just got a place in my heart, you know, to, to try and help these people, you know, living with Down syndrome to try to, you know, um, you know, get educated, get involved, because, you know, they just want to be, you know, like you and I, yeah. you know, like they... They don't want to be seen as being someone living with Down syndrome. They just want to be accepted for, for you know, just being human beings. And I've been told a story that you went out to Down syndrome Queensland at one time and ended up playing a whole bunch of sport with a, a couple of kids out there. Um, Michael told me a story about that. that yeah. um, they just took to you like a moth to the flame, mate. Yeah, I think that might have been down at, at maybe New Farm Park or, or something yep. there, you know, a couple of years ago. Yep. So went down there. I think we spent, you know, a good um, hour or so, um, yeah, just out there playing a bit of cricket and a bit of soccer or something. So, yeah, no, it was good fun. Why do you care so much? You know, I, you know, it's just, just man, I'm just a caring person, mate. You know, like, you know, I just care, you know, and I just want to, you know, give back, you know, a little bit um, back to not so much the sport but the community. You know, and, and, you know, I 
do get very busy with what I do and, and stuff outside of cricket. Um, but this here is just a, a way for me to be able to give back to the community, um, you know, back to people living with Down syndrome, um, you know, because just seeing the excitement on their face, you know, when we go to present the cheque, you know, um, at one of our home games here, you know, it's just the excitement there that we raised 25500 last year and, 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 and um, next year is going to be hopefully a whole lot more than that. You know, it's just, you know, it's just, you know great to see. If there is someone with Down syndrome who's listening to this podcast right now and they might feel a bit on the outer, they feel like they're not accepted, they feel like that they can't be a part of the team, that they can't be involved, what would you say to them? I would just say come and have a go because we will treat you exactly the same as anyone else. And particularly with indoor cricket as well, I know that we're all involved in indoor cricket, but we really hang our hat on how inclusive our sport can be. You know, not only in terms of everyone gets to bat, bowl, field and all that kind of stuff that we all love, but it is inclusive for any age, gender, ability. doesn't matter if, you're long, if your surname's a long name, a short name, if you're a pasty white guy like me, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. You can, you can play indoor cricket, you can be involved, and it's certainly, absolutely, regardless of any intellectual disability that you may have, you know, the Lord Tavener Shield that's competed in each year at our international, uh, correction, at our indoor cricket national championships. It really is an inclusive sport, not just for what you do on the court, but for all people, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I'd echo what Rob says, you know, we want to see people come to the centre and enjoy their sport, and that's everybody, you know, that's ladies, as you say, uh, men, people of all um, abilities you know we want to see people come down and enjoy themselves and, and have the fun that we've had and get the you know rewards that we've seen um, by playing this type of sport and being involved in this community well gentlemen thanks very much for your insights uh, in indoor cricket as i said i know the indoor cricket community absolutely gagging and gasping for something indoor cricket related mate it's going to be a little while until it comes back i'm not sure when uh the National Indoor Cricket League starts up uh, again next year. But uh, until that time, this podcast episode is probably going to be the one people are going to be listening back to over and over again. So thanks very much for your insights and thank you for your ongoing support to this cause. I can tell you uh, that Michael Harrison is extremely grateful and never underestimate for a second the impact that you're making, you know. I know that you just go about your motions and you're nice guys and you've got big hearts and all that, but you are making long-lasting impacts, not only on the individuals, but in this community it is being noticed and it is catching on fire and people are starting to burn, baby, and it's going to get bigger and stronger and it's off the back of what you guys are doing here at an Action Indoor Sports uh, Winham as well. So to both of you, congratulations and um, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. And Robert Fitzgerald, next year... If there is a season two of the Yellow Ball podcast, if there is, will you come on it? Yes, I will. Thank you. I'll buy you a beer. Gentlemen, Thank thanks very much. Thanks, thanks Gary. Good on you, mate. Ta. The Yellow Ball Podcast, proudly supported by Cricket Australia. Welcome back to the Yellow Ball Podcast. You're not going to know it at home, but I've made about four bloopers that have been edited out. Alison Nagel and Matt Flores are laughing here thinking Gary Lowe is absolute Bush League amateur. I'm not going to go for a lengthy introduction in case I muck it up again. Ali Nagel, a multiple-year Queensland representative, current Australian Open women's player, has recently returned from New Zealand, coming home with the Trans-Tasman Trophy. Uh, Alison Nagel, welcome to the Yellow Ball Podcast. Thank you. And uh, Matt Flores, uh, Australian cap number 107 and the 2017 International Player of the Year. Uh, from memory, you knocked Timmy off. I certainly did. Hey, yeah, that'll get you, Timmy. That's what you get. Hey, guys, thanks very much for coming along. I might start with you, Ali. Um, the Try 21 series, your family have actually got a quite uh, close connection to this initiative. Can you explain to our listeners what that is all about? 
Um, my mum's work is sponsoring a whole team. and you can, you can name drop here if they're sponsoring. Get the plugs in. Get um, the plugs in. Fleet Crew. Fleet um, Crew. Thanks to the team at Fleet Crew. They're, uh, they hire out four drives and stuff, so oh, yeah. they're really cool. Um, and they've donated a whole heap of prizes as well. So a um, $1,500 uh, $1, hire, day hire thing. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. What's mum's name? Kelly. Love you, Kelly. Thanks for your support, Kel. But, um, you know, that's really great. And I know that you've played here before uh, during this series and you got caught up a little bit. There was a, a shot that was played and they scored like 12 or 14 runs or 16 runs off one shot and you thought you'd lost your mind and you'd gone mental. Can you explain what that's all about? There's something a little bit different about the cricket here at the Tri-21 Series. Yeah, so they do um, a Super Bowl for the first ball of every pair. Right. And they also do a Super Over, which the umpire chooses. Um, and I didn't know any of this. And I walk out not paying attention, as I always <laughs> do. And I turn around and 16's flashed up after the first shot. And I had no idea what happened. It took me till the end of the over to figure out to that get it your was bearings and the ones that you thought all this time you didn't know anything about indoor cricket. Yeah, oh, there you go. It's a great rule. We should have it all the time. Matty Flores, do you reckon we can crowbar that into the international scene? Thanks oh, for mate. joining us, by the way. No worries. Thanks for having me. I'd love to see that uh, in the international competition. Well, you know, I know that um, Cricket Australia always looking at new things like. Um, you know, like a jackpot ball or a challenge or a review or something like that. Look, it could be, it could be something to consider. A double over. Double a, points a, a, a over. Double points yeah. over. So, uh, Matty Flores, in terms of your uh, international representative duties, what have you been up to of late? I uh, came back from New Zealand recently in September with uh, Trans-Tasman Trophy. So that was a, a very, very tough tour. Um, you would have heard from uh, Rob and Brenton a little bit earlier who we toured with and yeah, to come away with the Bickies was pretty nice. And uh, I asked Rob Fitzgerald this question. I'll ask you the same in terms of the preparation for next year's World Cup in 2020. How are you as an individual uh, feeling towards uh, Australia's chances of uh, bringing home uh, a World Cup? Not bringing it home. It's already going to be here. So maybe just uh, bolting it down to the stadium or the centre, wherever it is. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, now, I know preparations for me uh, have already started. So I'm already uh, in the gym doing as much as I can. Really? I'm um, trying to put myself in the best position to... One, be picked in the team, and then obviously, uh, if I am, then be successful through that tournament, tournament as well. So uh, I have no doubt a lot of the boys are already doing that um, and trying to give ourselves the best chance possible. Is there a chance that we'll see somehow eight florists all uh, in that side? Is that ever going to be a possibility? Oh, look, I get asked that every single year. <laughs> no, um, look, we all love playing our cricket, and to be able to do it together is a, a dream of ours as well. So uh, I guess... Keep an eye out. You could see a, a few more playing around could, uh, nationals could see this it, maybe. year. And look, there's a lot of families that are synonymous with indoor cricket that do a lot for this sport, and the Flores family is one of them. Uh, the amount of effort that's not only put into the, the centre, of course, out there at Canberra, but, you know, the training and the coaching and the managing and the playing. And, uh, you know, quite often, and you'll have to forgive me, I'm not aware of the local newspaper down there at Canberra, but there's photos of you, Vinish Bennett, uh, Benji Flores is in there in the background with a lot of those photos as well. So, you know, your family does a lot, so it doesn't surprise me to see a lot of success because usually the people that work the hardest quite often find success fall at their feet more often than not. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you will be coming along to the Tri-21 series here on the 7th and 8th of December. Why? Oh, look, I've got a, I know a lot of people who are, have very, as you mentioned before, have very close connections to that. So to be able to come along and have a laugh, have a beer, have a, have a game with uh, a lot of those guys and uh, try and, I guess, fundraise as much as possible um, for the cause, couldn't be more than happy to help that. Oh, sorry, more than happy to help out. And why is social inclusion so important, do you think? Oh, look, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then why do you do it, I guess? So, you know, I love playing with these guys uh, down here at Wynnum and 
if I can keep doing that for as long as I possibly can, then, you know, I'm happy. And Ali Nagel, do you think that some of these players or some of the participants get a bit of a, bit of a buzz out of it? You know, I'm sitting in front of two absolute champions of the sport, open women's player, open men's player, international cricketer of the year. We've just had the Australian Open men's coach, 40s player, Rob Fitzgerald, who's been playing since Jesus was the sweeper. Um, you know what I mean? For a very, very long time. Or wherever it is, you know, it's 2019. Got to be careful. Got to be so careful. You know, don't write in. Don't make any phone calls. Just relax. It's all good. Um, you know, I think, it, I think a lot of people get a bit of a buzz from playing with people like yourself. For sure. Like, I remember back when I was younger playing against Jude and Punts. Even to playing against and who? Them. Sorry, Wendy. That cute Wendy Camp. Wendy Camp. Sorry, yep, that's okay. Um, it was a big deal to me. Yeah. So to play with and against the other people and them knowing my name is that's good for me. But I'm glad I can be that person for them. And do you understand to both of you the role that you play for the next line of indoor cricketers that are coming through? Because if you're not instilling that confidence and those skill sets and those disciplines of indoor cricket uh, it kind of gets lost in the mesh and as someone who's a very poor indoor cricketer but a very big talker um, you know I, I really am in, in awe of, of what the both of you do and not just you two there's a lot of players within the international circuit that do it so I asked a question to both of you you can answer separately perhaps yeah, uh, Mr. yeah Forrest definitely first. Um, it probably hit me about three years ago um, like Ali said you idolise some of these players that have played before you and uh, there was probably a, a period about three years ago where I rocked up to a sports centre and I had about three people jump out of a car and say, hey, Matt, how you doing? And I had no idea who they were. So, um, You're like, I've made it. I've yeah, made it. I'm, so here. I'm there. That was very eye-opening for me that, you know, people are, are watching and do watch. So, you know, when you get to your local sports centre and have a game, the pulling power that actually has now for me is, uh, you know, I didn't realise it until about three years ago. So, yeah. as I said, to be able to get down and uh, help Nick and Down Syndrome Queensland out, couldn't be happier. And quick side story, who were those big names that you used to really enjoy kind of looking up to and playing with? Who, who were your kind of indoor cricketing heroes? Oh, look, Vinesh Bennett is probably he's the biggest hard to one. Go yeah, past, he's hard, he? very hard to go past. Uh, Fitzy as well, and I've had the chance to actually play with those guys uh, for Australia as well. So walking out the court for the, with them for the first time was a, definitely a dream come true for me. And Alison Nagel, um, do you understand the, the very important role that you play within indoor cricket? Yeah, well, this year I've actually brought on maybe another five or six girls to come along. So having more, more girls come along is even a big step in growing the game. So if it's for a day for a good cause, then why not? And particularly, uh, not taking away from the BBL, but the WBBL in particular... There is an awful lot of indoor cricketers that are a part of that WBBL cohort. I commentated the uh, Adelaide Strikers versus the Brisbane Heat up in Mackay just recently, and I'd say 25% of the players were ex-indoor cricketers. Um, so I think, and so not taking anything away from the men, I mean, there's uh, a florist involved in uh, the Brisbane Heat squad, is there not? There was, yes. There was. Yes, no, yes. no yeah. Not anymore. Oh, sorry. Oh. Scrap that, scrap that edit. No, Sorry. keep it in. Keep it in. We just keep rolling, baby. Um, but in particular with the WBBL, um, there's some really good pathways, I think, that are available now to female cricketers that may not have been there previously. I mean, I remember when I met you when you were 10 or 11 yeah. uh, years old at Strathpine. Uh, you were a lot shorter back then. Um, you know, and the pathways that are available to you then, even in, I mean, you're like, do I dare suggest how old you are now? 24. 24. So within 14 years, the pathways that are available for indoor cricketers have just absolutely opened up like there's no tomorrow. So for do you sure. feel that as well? Yeah. Well, they have under-17s and under-14s 
14s now, whereas when I was 12, I was playing under 18s yeah. state level. So just to have those levels where they can be more confident in their own game and not be playing against 18 and 21 Because that can burn a lot of players as well. If you've got, I think it's good that you've got juniors that are playing perhaps a couple of ages older. I mean, it really bloods them, particularly, could you imagine a Christmas bloody backyard cricket with the florists, you know what I mean? You, oh, God, heaven help us. Um, you know, so you're playing up against some older people, some younger yeah. people, but I think in a more competitive setting, if you've got a super young player playing in like a 12-year-old in 18s, it can burn them and kind of put them away from the sport a little bit. So, For I, sure. yeah, I think that's pretty good. Um, how much are you looking forward to the Tri-21 series that's coming up on the weekend? And I'll start with you, Ali Nagel. What is it you're most looking forward to? Besides hanging out with me, I'm going to be here. I'll have a beer with you. Oh, that, that'll be great. Yeah, no. um, oh, that didn't seem very genuine. <laughs> <laughs> um, wah, wah, wah. Anyway, yeah. Having a hit um, for a good cause, for one. But yeah. all my mates are going to be here. So, you know, hanging out with them. So get a friend. Bring them down, you reckon? Bring a friend. Always. You know, make friends. Do what you want. But it's all for a really, really good cause. So... You might not. You might come down by yourself and not know anyone, but that's what I did last year, and I had the best time. So, you know, just come for a hit, Absolutely. have some fun, raise some money, win some prizes. Win some prizes, mm. and uh, Matty Flores, yourself. What are you most looking forward to? The 190 centimetre tall Matthew Flores. Oh look, uh, I've uh, unfortunately missed out on this in the last couple of years due to some personal commitments. So to be able to get down here and uh, play with a lot of the guys that. I've been talking about this for a few years too, um, is going to be bittersweet for me. So, again, helping out a good cause, it's going to be good and good fun weekend. Yeah, it will be. And um, thank you very much for, for giving up your time to come onto the Yellow Ball podcast. And um, I look forward to seeing you on the weekend. And uh, bring a friend, as Ali Nagel says, hey? Definitely. No worries. Thanks very much, guys. Thank Thanks you. Thanks, Gary. Cheers. Are you interested in playing indoor cricket? Visit playcricket.com.au to find your nearest centre. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of a very special one-off Yellow Ball podcast. We certainly hope that you enjoyed it. Talk about the big names that were involved. Rob Fitzgerald, Brenton Bryan, Ali Nagel, Matty Flores, and, of course, the man himself, Michael Harrison, the driving force behind the Try 21 series. Certainly, absolutely, you'd be mad if you didn't come on down here to Action Indoor Sports Stadiums in Wynnum on December 7th and 8th to be a part of all the fun and the action on a Yellow Ball podcast perspective. Well, Season 2, we're not 100% sure about it just yet. Cricket Australia is uh, still having some very big talks with myself and podcast producer Juzzy on the pots and pans. We're, we're kind of duking it out. We're seeing what's going on. We'll have some clarity in the early stages of 2020, maybe slightly before. So, um, look, we're pretty confident that Yellow Ball Podcast Season 2 will be coming. Fingers crossed, but we'll get back to you shortly. Well, folks, that's a wrap here from Action Indoor Sports Stadiums at Wyndham. Thanks very much for your company, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Yellow Ball Podcast. You've been listening to the Yellow Ball Podcast, proudly supported by Cricket Australia. Get in touch with us anytime, yellowballpodcast at gmail.com.